1: Go to Romans chapter 5. Right. Romans chapter 5. I'm going to go back here and pick up where we actually began this morning. And then I'll, I'll pick up where we left off and catching up with uh, what we're getting into in this brand new series. By his stripes, you are healed. Say, I am. I am. By his stripes, we have been healed. Jesus has provided healing for us. We're going to look at it from a perspective, again, of both where the source of all disease, sickness, and suffering in body came from. What Jesus did about that, we're going to get more into that tonight, and then how we appropriate it in our life as children of God. Part of appropriation of healing is understanding it, having knowledge of understanding of what that actual truth about healing is all about, relating to what we're teaching on on the or- origin of sickness and disease and how Jesus dealt with it for us. In Romans chapter 5, where we began this morning, verse 12, we read here very clearly referring to Adam and the fall of man in the garden. In verse 12, therefore, just as through one man, talking about Adam, sin entered the world. So when sin entered the world, notice this, and death through sin, what came with it? Death did. Sin... Obviously, again, Adam's transgression against God opened the door for death to come. Because of sin, death entered through sin, and thus death, it says, spread to all men because all sinned. All fell prey to this sinful nature that Adam allowed to come into the earth at the time of his disobedience and the fall in the garden. So again, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin. So what came as a result of sin? Death. Death through sin. 13, for until the law, talking about the time of Moses, because clearly, obviously, that didn't happen till many, many years later after this actual event occurred in the garden. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin just was not what? It wasn't imputed where there is no law, meaning that it wasn't punished in that sense or dealt with through punishment by God because there was no law established yet. But, verse 14, nevertheless, death still what? Death reigned. So death was still at work, Even though there was no punishment from God, death itself was the result of sin, and it reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. What do you mean? Death still affected everybody, even though we may not have committed a similar type of sin of Adam relating to that aspect of rebellion, but that sin nature passed on and the door opened now for death to come has affected all of humanity. Verse 15, but the free gift, the free gift is not like the offense, what Adam did. For if by one man's offense, many died, death being the result, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to what? It abounded to many. What was that gift again? This is the gift of righteousness. Verse 16, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in what? Condemnation. Condemnation, again, just simply means the aspect of the punishment deserving of the sin committed. Therefore, separation from God. What came because of this? Condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses, all the sins that have been committed because of that sin nature, resulted in what? Justification. Being justified by God, referring to the fact God looks upon us through this gift of righteousness just as if we never sinned. Yeah. Justified means declared righteous or right with God. Yeah. 17, for if by one man's offense, Adam's sin, death did what? Reigned. Rain. Death reigned through that one. Much more, say much more. Yes. Those who receive. Received. So here's, here's the qualifier. Yeah. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will do what? Reign in, in life through the one Jesus Christ. Back to the top of verse 17. By this one man's offense, by Adam's sin, death was allowed into the earth. Death, therefore, did what? Reigned. Reign. And it's still reigning in the earth for those who haven't received Christ Jesus. Death is still reigning in the lives of people all across the planet. Should not be in believers anymore. So again, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive. Have you received the abundance of grace? Those who receive the abundance of grace and therefore the gift of what? Righteousness. What will they do again? They will reign in life, not death. Not death, they will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So how does this apply to sickness and disease? As we looked this morning and went to Genesis, there was no sickness or disease whatsoever in the earth before Adam sinned. Part of what came with death is all the works of Satan, including what? Sickness and disease. There were no sickness, uh, no diseases at all uh, to affect man's body. So where does sickness, disease, all the ill effects of what we deal with in our body, where does it originate from? It originates from a spirit known as as Satan, known as obviously our adversary. Uh, context what we know of what the Bible reveals to him has this fallen angel from heaven. He's the one then which brought into the earth this very death, including sickness and disease. So the death, of course, is spiritual relating to the the death of the spirit man. But as a result of that, what actually has now manifested the natural? Look around. Look at all the evil in the world. Look at all the sickness and disease in the world. All because of this transgression of Adam, it opened the door for death to come. So included in that context of death is what? Disease, sickness, all ill effects upon the bodies of humans. Wasn't here before. But verse 17 tells us, if we receive this abundance of grace and therefore the gift of righteousness, we no longer have to have death reigning in our life. We can now reign in what? Life. Life. We can come back to the opposite of death, zoe life. That zoe life literally has within it the healing we need. Where is it found? In Christ Jesus. Jesus himself came, of course, into the earth and manifest himself in a body. But he's a spirit just like me and you. God's a spirit just like me and you. So where does all sickness and disease originate from? Satan. Where does it come out of? Spirit realm. What does it affect? Our bodies. Now, again, I'm not not saying that every time you get sick, a demon put it on you. Because obviously there are viruses now in the earth, all around in the earth. There are all different types of plagues, et cetera, that are already here because of this, that people could contract from others. But its ultimate origin is what? It's not of the physical. It's of the spiritual. Came from Satan. So where does our healing come from? Same place. Spirit realm, just a different spirit. Just a different spirit. Where does it come from? God. God. So think about that. Relating to the context of healing that we now have available to us, where's that healing today? Where's that healing today? It's inside your spirit, man, in the context of the Holy Spirit, who is obviously God himself as well, who now lives inside of us. The healing you need is already inside you. If you're trying to get God from heaven to bring healing down to you, you're missing it because God himself has already placed that within us by way of the Holy Spirit. That's why God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, as we read this morning, we're going to go back here in a minute, with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all. How do you do that? By the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. So healing is resident within our spirit because we're carriers of that same spirit. What we need resides in us. The reality of what most Christians don't understand is they're begging God and trying to get God to heal them. Jesus has already done what's needed to heal you. What we need to do is learn how to appropriate it. We need to learn how to, understandably, from the scriptures, we need to learn how to act upon it, put it into operation in our life, appropriate it in our life. But we also need to know how to walk in it and keep it. So I want to go back here for just a moment, just refocus again on the significance of what he said about this gift. So in verse 15, he starts referring to this free gift. He refers to it twice. He refers to it again here in verse 17 and then reveals what it is. Those who have received, again, the abundance of grace and the gift of what? Righteousness. Now, why is that so significant to understand with healing? I'm going to tell you why. I was actually sharing this with uh, somebody this afternoon on the phone. He was talking about referring to what Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what will be added unto you? Well, that would include healing right? That would include health and healing. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? What does that mean? So I've taught you this before. The word kingdom refers to the dominion of the king. There's a lot of different teachings that have come along uh, over the years, you know, kingdom now, theology, and all this different stuff. Well, let me help you. The simplicity of what he's saying is, how many got born again? Raise your hand if you got born again. You know how you did that? I'll tell you how you did that. You called upon him to be your Lord, yes. right? So the dominion of the king means that I am under the dominion of the king, Jesus, has the Lord of my life. That nothing else comes before in my life to relating to what I know of what is the Lordship of who obviously I want to have ruling over my life. That's Jesus. Now, this is going to be significant as we go further because you're going to find something out. When you got born again, God did not just purchase your spirit. We're going to talk about it in the Passover tonight. He purchased your spirit. He purchased your soul, and he purchased your body. He bought every part of you. Every part of you. What the devil's trying to do through different means of lies and schemes and ways to get you to believe and agree with what he wants you to believe is that he can bring this stuff on you or this stuff can affect you still because you're in the earth and it's here and everybody gets sick and all this kind of stuff. Well, you don't have to. It might try to attack you, but you don't have to allow it. You don't have to permit it. Why? Because if you acknowledge Jesus as the Lord over your body, guess what doesn't have a right to be your Lord? Sickness and disease. It does not have a right. It's not my Lord anymore. So I have to recognize, am I yielding first and foremost submission to the Lord Jesus as the ruler over my life in every way, acknowledging by, quote, unquote, what Scripture teaches, what what he's done for me? you hear what I just said? Yes. Well, if, if I seek first the kingdom, yes. well, that just means the dominion of the king is priority in my life. Yes. Let me say it a simple way. He's my Lord. He now that, and a lot of times what we just talk about relating to Jesus being my Lord is, well, then I'm going to do whatever he says. Well, you should want to because it's for your benefit. But the reality of the heart of that is that you've got to come under the dominion of the king, meaning that I believe everything, what we just talked about in our last series, I believe everything he says about who I am, what I have, and what I can do. You and I come out under the the quote-unquote kingdom or the lordship of Jesus when we speak contrary to the word of God. When we say things about us that truly does not apply anymore, since you've been bought with a price, you're allowing now lordship of something else to come and rule over you. But you got to recognize that's not my Lord, Jesus is. So I have to learn to address anything in my life that wants to try to take rulership, in this case with healing, in my body. It does not belong there. And, re- and recognize and acknowledge and deal with it. You're not my Lord over my body. Jesus is Lord over my body. That's acknowledging the Lordship of Jesus. And he said, make that a priority and his righteousness right? Seek first or make the priority of your life, the Lordship of Jesus and his righteousness. So what does it refer to in relating to making his righteousness a priority over everything else in my life? Well, a lot of people would say doing what's right in the sight of God. I'd agree with that. I don't disagree with that, but the heart of that is this is a gift. This is is called the gift of righteousness. How do I reign in this life? Through this gift of righteousness. I have to change my thinking to recognize that the way I think priority of my life is that because I have already been given this gift of righteousness, you ready? I have a right to all that Jesus purchased. I don't earn it. I don't in any way prove to God that I'm worthy of it, that I deserve it. Many Christians aren't healed because of things they've done, things that's happened in their life. And they say, well, God, I'm sorry for what I did. I know I probably am not going to get healed because of these things I've done. Listen, if, if you honestly had to earn your healing, then you could have earned your salvation. So seeking first the kingdom is I acknowledge his lordship over every part of me, not just my spirit. I acknowledge his lordship over my soul, mind, will, and emotions. I acknowledge his lordship over my body, meaning that nothing in my body that's not of God has a right to be there because I'm going to acknowledge Jesus as Lord over my body. He didn't just shed blood for me to have a new spirit. He shed blood for me to have a renewed mind and have a healed body. I've got to acknowledge that. And i got to know that the reason I have a right to that is because of what he did, not what I did. Amen. If you are going to continue to focus upon trying to get healing based on what you have or haven't done, you're not making God's righteousness a priority over your life to say, you know what, this was a free gift. And because I now have the gift of righteousness, right being right with God, guess what that means? I have a right. Yes. You listening? I have a right to all that God provided. Are you an heir of God? Yes. So in the natural, I mean, if you're an heir of somebody in the natural, and they wrote you in their will, they gave you something of an inheritance in the will because they wanted you to have it. And they pass away. Do you get it because you earned it? No. Why do you get it? Because it was given to my. Let me let me tell you why you get it. You have a right to it. What gives me a right? They wrote me in the will. They said that belongs to me. Mm -hmm. And therefore, legally, I have a right to what they wrote in that will. Legally. Legally in the spirit realm, because you have righteousness, you have a right. You have a spiritual, legal right to what Jesus died and paid for. Why? He wrote you in the will. Called the New Testament. In that New Testament, guess what? In relationship to a natural will, there's usually shedding of blood, somebody dies, whatever. Well, Jesus died. And he ratified that covenant, ratified that will, wrote you in it, told you what you have. So the reason we get a right to all that is not because of what we have or haven't done, but because we've been made right with God. How do I know? Because I've been born again. So if you don't acknowledge this righteousness, this gift of righteousness, how are you going to reign in life? You won't. Because you don't realize I have a right to that. It really is not based on what I've done. It is not. Amen? Amen. There's things you can do to hinder you from walking in it that will hinder your faith or belief in God. But in the eyes of God, it's been written in his will. So it's yours. It's yours by birthright. Healing's yours whether you know it or not. It's yours by birthright. Read it again. I'm not not trying to belabor the point. I'm trying to get this across to you. Verse 17. Because of one man's offense, Adam's sin, what rain? Death did. But Jesus changed that much more than... Those who receive the abundance of grace, what Jesus offers, and the gift of righteousness, notice, they will reign. Not in death, in life. Opposite of death, what's the opposite of death? Zoe life. Zoe life does not include sickness and disease. God's not sick. God has no disease. Jesus does not obviously offer you sickness and disease. He offers you life as God has it. How? How do we reign in this life? Through what? the one, Jesus Christ, meaning through what? Jesus did or accomplished for us. Verse 18, Therefore, as through one man's offense again, judgment came to all, resulting in condemnation, proper rightful judgment, even so through one man's righteous act, not yours, Christ. what Jesus did. Amen. Right. Through one man's righteous act, the free gift, talking about righteousness, came to what? All men, Amen. resulting in what? Justification of life. I have been justified to this life. I have been justified by God to this life, to have this life that he's offering me, Zoe life. For if by one man's disobedience, 19, we were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience will we be made what? Which means I now have again what? Rights. I have a right. Say it, I have a right to what Jesus provided for me. Let's talk about, because we're on talking about healing. Say, I have a right for my body to be completely healed and made whole you have a right to it Jesus purchased it paid the price for it you have a right to this because of the gift of righteousness verse 20 the law entered that the offense might abound so the law came to simply reveal the need of a savior simply acknowledging that we've all obviously sinned the offense might abound but where sin abounded what was the result grace abounded what much more so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to enter to excuse me to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now eternal life's not just in heaven. Eternal life means the way that's eternal. It's not just for today. It's for tomorrow. And it's for the next day. It's for the next week. The next month. The rest of your life, and on into eternity. Say I have a right to what Jesus purchased for me so death came verse 12 as a result of what sin so we're going to apply it to the context of what this study is all about and we're saying exactly what scripture says as it relates to this subject so sickness and disease and all that came contrary to what god wanted of health in our bodies came into the earth as a result of what sin who brought it satan did so we now know in christ jesus through the Holy Spirit that lives in us, because of our right standing with God, we can now tap into what? Zoe life, which includes what? Healing and health for our bodies. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Tell your neighbor you're already right with God. Now I'm going to tell you what, man. I, the Lord just reminded me of this this afternoon, just in an incident this afternoon. You know, me, you know me times I have preached certain things to people in this church for years and years and years and years? And yet still, yet still hear them speak contrary to the word, contrary to what God's word says, or contrary to what obviously, uh, or don't believe in the whole heart of what we've taught uh, time and time again. Although if you ask them about this from a perspective of the Bible, they would say, well, I know that's true. But yet then you continue to hear them, continue to not believe it. And that contrary to it. It's amazing how many times you can hear this and still not apply it. Still not walk in the light of it. So understand, this is available to every believer. When the blood of Jesus was shed, guess what? You, now that you've received Christ, were written in that will, and you now have a right to what's in the will. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. So back here again to verse 34, Peter talking to Cornelius and those of his family talking about receiving the salvation that God offers, opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive God shows what? Tell me out loud, please. So he has no favorites. He doesn't heal certain ones like the Hagans and him only. You listening? He doesn't give divine health to certain ones like John G. Lake and him only. No. Nope. How did John G. Lake walk in this? How did Kenneth Hagan walk in this? How did Lester Summerall walk in this? You know what they learned? I have a right. He purchased my body. Devil has no longer a right. The devil no longer has a right to to put these things on my body. Therefore, I have a way to circumvent it through my righteousness through Jesus Christ. So God shows no partiality, 35, in every nation among all ethnic groups, doesn't matter your background. Whoever fears him, reverences, honors, adores, adores. And obviously clearly respects him, works righteousness, and is accepted by him. How do you actually work righteousness? By receiving Jesus. You receive Jesus, you get what? The gift of righteousness. 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of what? All. That word you know, which was proclaimed again through all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God did what? Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So let's find out how God fixed the the actual death problem relating to sickness and disease. How did God initially with Christ, while he was here, fix this death problem with with, uh, sickness and disease? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went about what? He went about with the Holy Spirit and power, right? Doing good and healing what? All All who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him when Jesus said it's to your advantage I go away the reason that's true is because if he hadn't died if he hadn't paid the price for our sin how would we still get healings got to come from the spirit got to come from God you'd have to go find him you'd have to get to him but now that we've all been made right with God through salvation we now have that same Holy Spirit living in us say healing put a hand on your heart say healing is in here now All the healing I will ever need is in here now. See, a lot of people, they'll go to get prayer. They'll have somebody to pray for them. They're trying to get it from them. Now, it's true another believer who has the Holy Spirit, who releases faith for you and exercises faith with you, can see that power flow out of them and flow into you to heal your body. I'm going to teach in this series, though, some significant things of how to appropriate healing, and you're going to find out that as you've been walking with God for a period of time, I'm going to say it tonight. I didn't want to say it this morning, but I'm going to say it tonight. Brother Hagin said the Lord taught him. He said that the average Christian still wants to get anointed with oil and hands laid on them for healing, even after they've been walking with me for years. But they all of a sudden realize it doesn't work that way anymore. And yet they don't seem to want to figure out how it works. They just accept it as a fact that I guess I'm not going to get healed this time. When in fact healing was provided and already purchased by Jesus Christ. We got to learn God wants us to grow up. Learn how to appropriate for ourselves. The healing work of God because the healing's already in you. It's already in you. So this is something that he taught him. The reason Brother Hagin walked in such strength of health and healing. He kept feeding on scripture about healing. And therefore, as you're going to see, he kept taking the medicine of God's word every single day, which brings healing consistently to your body. So again, verse 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, say, I've got him. him." And therefore with power, because he's that very power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were what? What were they? They? So again, we clearly know that what is relating to all aspects of sickness and disease, suffering in the body, is a form of oppression by the devil. Why? Because if Jesus is your Lord, somebody is trespassing. That's right. On. If Jesus is Lord of your, over your body, somebody is trespassing. That would be called a form of oppression. Yeah. Meaning what? They don't have a right to be there. Right. They have a right to be there. And therefore, they're doing what? They are actually, what the Bible calls, they're actually causing a form of oppression upon your body that doesn't belong there. Because clearly you and I, understanding Zoe life again, have been delivered from the power of death, including sickness and disease. So when it tries to come to my body, it doesn't have a right to be there. I got to learn how to deal with that. So again, we know that he went about doing good and healing all. In the, God, in the garden, we talked about this. Doing, go, doing good, excuse me, is what? Receiving what God has for us, healing. And God told them in the garden that if you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like me to know good and evil. God never wanted us to know evil. Evil includes that, death or sickness and disease. But thank God we can now get rid of that in our life. And we can once again receive all that's good. Amen. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 11, where we left off this morning. 1 Corinthians 11. So in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul here is talking to the Corinthians about what we know as communion. We call it communion because it does mean to be one with. It reminds us we are one with the Lord. We are to receive it as a type of representation of what was originally known as the Passover, Passover. So let's just try to transport ourselves all back a couple thousand years ago. Jesus still on the planet. All of us are his disciples. And he's called us to the upper room. What is going on right at this time in which they are going into the upper room? Passover is there. Passover is actually going to be the next day. But he's going to have that Passover meal late that evening with his disciples. Because the next day, on the very day of the Passover, he's going to become the ultimate Passover lamb. So with that thought in mind, they're not about to take communion in their eyes. They're about to receive what? The Passover. So let's think about that, and let's think about that every time we receive communion. Because the communion is acknowledging what's representate, what is what represent, is represented by what we acknowledge as the Passover. Let's go back to the Passover for a minute. So what was the Passover all about? Well, children of Israel were in bondage to Egypt. What was Egypt a type of? The world. Who's the God of this world? 2 Corinthians 4.4? Satan is. That includes what? Death and sickness and disease. So Egypt is a type of the world. Did God deliver them from it? Yes. He did. And when he first delivered them from it, what did he do? He told them on the night that they were about to step out of Egypt and be delivered and set free and head to the promised land, what did he tell them to do? Go find a lamb. That lamb had to be without blemish, without spot. You are to roast that lamb in fire. You are to eat all of the lamb, every bit of it, none of it left. Anything that he said was left had to be then burned in the fire. And then you take the blood and you put it both on, on each side of the doorpost and over the lintel on the top of the house. Notice three spots. Yeah. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to permit a form of judgment to come over Egypt, which will cause physical death, physical death to the firstborn. And he said, but it will pass you by. What's going to pass you by? Death will. Yeah. What's in death? Sickness and disease. This will pass you by all because you obeyed me by doing what? Roasting that lamb in fire, eating every bit of it, and putting the blood, therefore, over the doorpost. What was required of them to see death pass over? Eat the lamb. You listen? Be inside that home when death comes with blood over the doorpost. That's it. Anybody that's in your home... That's eat. That's partaken of that lamb, and in that home, and that door, the blood's over that doorpost and over the lintel. Guess what will happen? Death will pass you by. Thank you. Pass Thank you. over. So you and I have the same privilege today to have death pass over. Yes. I still have stuff trying to ta- attack my body. I've learned how to ex- to uh, exercise Jesus's lordship more and more over my body, and as I do it biblically, guess what it does? It passes over. It comes and it tries to adhere but I say nope. Nope. Praise God I believe the whole of God's word. I know about the blood of Jesus. I've been purchased with a price including my body. You're not Lord over my body. Jesus purchased my body. So you have to pass over. 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 So this is what Jesus was doing. Part of what we see in the Passover. Clearly dealing with sin as well because we know that death came as a result of sin. Because he's addressing the sin issue, he's also addressing what came with it. In dealing with man's sin, taking our sin upon himself, what's he doing? He's also taking away sickness and disease because death was the result of what? Sin. So as he's addressing the sin problem, he's dealing with everything else that goes along with it. And in our redemption, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. There are three primary things that we've been delivered from. And they're significant for us, as I said this morning, to keep learning, never stop learning about and walk in the light of if you want to walk in the benefit of all God wants for you in this life. One, spiritual death. Spiritual death refers to the fact you've got a new spirit. So you got to constantly renew your mind to be able to do what? Be governed by this new spirit man, to see yourself as a spirit, because that's what you and I walk in as as a relationship of now spiritual life. I was once in spiritual death. I now have a new spirit. I've now been given what? Spiritual life. So reality of what we've been redeemed from is spiritual death. Why? Because I've now been given spiritual life. And with that came the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, who is the power of God, and therefore the healing of God as well. Not only did he redeem us from spiritual death, he also redeemed us from what? Sickness and disease. Sickness and disease is a part of what we know. The Bible talks about Deuteronomy 28, curse of the law. So why did he redeem us from sickness and disease? Because if sickness and disease as a part of death is allowed to continue to function in your body, it's going to hinder your ability to walk in what God wants you to walk out. If I'm sick in in, in relationship in the hospital all the time, guess what? I can't fulfill what God needs me to do. I can't take care of my family. It's going to rob me of money. It's going to rob me of time. It's going to rob me of what God, obviously, clearly, is what God intended for my life. My peace, my joy, everything that God has provided for me as a child of God. And then finally, he also redeemed us from what? Poverty. Because if you walk in the form of poverty of the earth, guess what you can't do? You can't fulfill what God wants you to do. You can't be a giver. You can't help others. You can't walk in the blessings for your family and obviously bless others at the same time. So this healing thing significant because clearly if we have health, guess what that will also do? Protect our finances. Amen. I'll have to go to the doctor and get all kinds of drugs and medication and all that kind of stuff. i have to keep going to the hospital. No. Praise, the Praise the Lord. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church on what he learned from Jesus about receiving what we call communion what he would have acknowledged with Jesus as what would have been the last supper or what would have been a Passover meal, but clearly the last one to be taken under the old covenant. Because after that, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was now going to fulfill what was needed for us to receive what we need to walk in of Zoe life. And in this context, I'm not going to take time to read it, before we pick it up here in verse 23, he, the problem with the Corinthians was they were actually meeting in their homes And even at some of the places in which they met together as an assembly together in certain places where they came to what we would call church. But the problem was most of them were actually coming together and instead of acknowledging communion as an acknowledgement of the Passover, they're so hungry they wouldn't wait for the people to show up and they would actually claim that they were acknowledging and receiving communion at the same time they were eating a meal. Do you know the Bible actually tells us according to what we find from the Corinthians, God does not want us to have communion within a meal. Because then it's just tied to just a basic meal that you're doing uh, with family and stuff to sit down and eat. Communion was to be separated and acknowledge something powerful as a form of what we know as the Passover. And they now had actually brought it down to a level of nothing more than having a meal together. And they weren't acknowledging the power of it. Because of that, it wasn't helping them. It wasn't helping them to walk in the revelation of what Jesus had done uh, as the Passover lamb. So uh, let me back up for a minute about the Passover. So remember he told them to eat the whole lamb, right? So what does that mean? Take the whole word of God. Don't take one promise. If you want to walk in the benefit of what the blood has given you to walk in freedom from relating to the work of death itself, don't just accept the fact that you've been given new, new, new life and salvation relating to the fact you got a new spirit. Accept <clears throat> the whole of salvation. I don't have to be poor anymore. I don't have to be sick. Amen. I don't have to be sick. That's right. Amen. I don't have to be sick. Amen. Not according to the covenant. Amen. I don't have to. I can walk in health as a child of God. And see, for some Christians, they're like, oh, come on, man. We're all going to get sick at one time or another. Don't have to. <clears throat> if, if God is who he says he is and doesn't lie, according to our covenant rights, we don't have to. If we understand how to appropriate what Jesus did for us. Amen? Amen. And thank God we can. can. Kenneth Hagin learned it. Kenneth Hagin said that he had gone through periods of his life, sometimes five years long, where he didn't even know he had a body. What do you mean he didn't know he had a body? No pain, no suffering, suffering. no form of attack on his body whatsoever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I love it, man. I mean, most of his teachings, you get in his latter teachings, he said, I, the last headache I had was 1935, whatever such and such a time. Whatever. He said, now I've had a lot of opportunities to have headaches. I've just passed them all by. Amen. You don't have to have headaches. You listening? So you and I got to realize that what Paul's dealing with here is you have now taken something powerful and significant that reminds you of this covenant God's given you, What he's done to provide you massive promises, not just one thing, but all these promises in the Word of God, Accept all of what the Word of God says, eat all of the lamb, take in all of the Word, every promise, and is all accomplished and established by what? By acknowledging the blood of Jesus is not just over my spirit, it's over my soul, and it's over my body. Three places on that door they had to acknowledge that blood. Both sides of the doorpost and over the lintel. Spirit soul, and body. Jesus purchased every part of you. I said Jesus purchased every part of you. So with that thought in mind, look at verse 23. Paul said, I received from the Lord. Who did he receive it from? The The Lord, that which I am also now delivering to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now how is it that Paul received this from the Lord? Because he wasn't one of the original 12 disciples. He wasn't at the Passover meal. Right? He was Saul back then. See, a lot of times we read about Paul, we just kind of equate him as one of the 12. He wasn't one of the 12. After Jesus was raised from the dead and in heaven, who was persecuting the church like crazy? Saul was. So the Lord, after getting him born again, reveals to him clearly that he needed to understand about this Passover meal and how to appropriate it. So he revealed it to him. Verse 24, when he, he talking about what Jesus had shown him, yeah. when Jesus had given thanks, he broke it, broke the bread. Notice this. He broke it, let me back up. Verse 23, I received from the Lord that which I've also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he, notice he had given thanks and he broke it and he said, take, eat, this is my what? Body, which is broken for you. Now here's the key phrase. Do this in what? So you do this in remembrance of me. When you receive communion, you acknowledge and recognize the Passover meal, what I accomplished as the Passover lamb to fulfill for you what was needed for all that's comprised of death to pass you by. That includes sickness and disease. And clearly, he starts off here with the bread, referring to what? Referring to his body, which we know Jesus clearly said in the Gospels: "Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by a few words from God. No, every word from God. Eat the whole lamb. Amen." So, the body representing—excuse me—the bread representing his body and representing the fact that it's referring to him personally. He is the word. We accept all of what the word says we have available to us. And when we receive that broken bread, what are we being reminded of? What he did. You do this in remembrance of me. Now, what do you mean remembrance of me? Okay, so we no longer look at it. And this is the problem with even people in church today with communion. We really need to get the picture that as we receive communion, we are actually joining together with the Lord in the Passover meal. You listening? Because this is representative of what he did with his disciples. And therefore, in that Passover meal, what should should we be reminded when we're partaking of the bread? I'm remembering that Jesus, the Word of God, all that he has spoken of and all that he has promised, I have a right to because, because he was the Passover lamb. He's fulfilled what's needed for all of death to pass me by. So every promise he's given me in the word under this new covenant, I now have available to me because of what he accomplished by giving of his body. So I'm remembering him, not me, 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant. In my blood, so that's that's significant to me and you. Why? Because it's talking about the will and testament of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm written in the will. What puts you in the will? Your faith in the blood. Amen. So this cup is what? It's reminding me of the will, the will and testament of my Savior Jesus Christ. And what does that will say? I have a right to. So this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it again in what? Remembrance of me. When we receive that cup, we should be reminded, this is reminding us Jesus is and has and already been a relationship to the Passover lamb, fulfilled the ultimate Passover of his blood shed for me. Why? So that death could pass me by. I have to appropriate again, just like they they had to appropriate the blood over the doorpost of every doorpost and the lintel over every part of their life. You have to appropriate the blood over your spirit, over your soul, over your body for death to pass you by. That's right. I've been purchased at a price. Not just my spirit, my soul, and body. What purchased me? The precious blood of the lamb. That's why I have the right to say sickness and disease. No, 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 no. You don't have a right to my body because you're not my Lord. Jesus, my Passover lamb, has already shed his blood to become Lord over my spirit, soul, and body. And I acknowledge because of the blood of Jesus, my body was purchased by him. It belongs to him. You don't have a right to my body. So this is in context to receiving what we call communion. Verse 26, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Why are we proclaiming his death? Because in proclaiming his death, we're acknowledging the Passover lamb has already been given. The Passover lamb has already been sacrificed. Meaning what? Nothing else needs to be done. Come on. For me to receive what I have a right to as a child of God. What I have a right to in the will. Nothing else needs to happen. For me to receive what he's put in the will for me to have. Other than me acknowledging it. And receiving it by faith. Amen. 27. Therefore whoever eats this bread. Or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. Underline that. Whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner Mm -hmm. will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. What do you mean guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord? You won't receive the very aspect of what God did to deliver you from being guilty of sin. Mm -hmm. You're no longer guilty of sin. You've now been what? Made righteous in the sight of God. You now have right standing with God. Well, what do you mean to receive this in an unworthy manner? What were they doing? They made light of communion now just by receiving it in a meal and not even together because obviously many would come in, as you're going to read in the previous verses, they would come into a house before others or in a meeting and they're they're hungry. They're not going to wait for anybody else. They want to eat and they just simply kind of in the midst of their little meal, kind of acknowledge in a simple way about the body of Jesus, but they're not really acknowledging what he did. Because now they're just putting it down into a position of a normal little meal. It's not a normal meal. It is something significant that relates to me and you that we obviously know Jesus fulfilled what was needed for death to pass us by. So if we receive the bread and receive the blood in remembrance of him and do it in a way that's right biblically, we're receiving it in a worthy manner. What if we don't receive it remembering what he did? We're receiving it in an unworthy manner. Because we're not acknowledging what the Passover lamb did for us. Why did he allow his body to be broken? Why did he shed blood for you? So that you could have death pass you by. Huh? Why why did he allow his body to be broken? Why did he allow his blood to be shed for you? So that you could have death. Pass you by. That's why he did it as the Passover lamb. So that all that's comprised of death could what? Pass you by. Pass over your residence. Pass over your life. Pass over your spirit. Pass over your soul. Pass over your body. Can't say. I'm going to say it again. Why did Jesus allow his body to be broken and his blood to be shed? So that he, the ultimate Passover lamb. Would cause what came as a result of sin, which is death, to now pass you by. Meaning what? As Romans said, death can no longer now reign in my life. Zoe, life reigns in me. Not death. Can I get an amen on that? Notice this, verse 28. This is where all of a sudden religion steps in. If you just keep this in the context of what's being said, this isn't hard to figure out. Verse 28, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Examine himself, eat of the bread, drink of the cup. So what am I examining myself for? Well, a lot of people say, well, you need to to recognize if you committed any sin... Acknowledge it, repent of it from God, because if you don't, obviously, receiving communion this way would be inappropriate. Now, let me tell you how receiving communion in this way would be inappropriate. Referring to examining yourself. What am I examining myself in light of? What Jesus did. Who am I remembering when I received communion? Him. Why am I remembering Him? What did He do? He made me righteous. He gave me the gift of righteousness. So as I'm relating to receiving the bread and the blood in examining myself, what am I thinking of myself? What he did for me. I'm righteous. I'm receiving this bread and this cup reminding myself I'm righteous. I have a right to what Zoe life now has available to me and therefore death has to pass me by. If I don't examine myself in light of that, I'm not examining myself in light of what he clearly said we're supposed to do. If I'm to remember him, why would I be looking at my own self to see if I've sinned or not? I wouldn't be remembering him, I'd be remembering me. Be looking at what I've done. Totally contrary to what he just told you to do, what he learned from the Lord. But if I'm I'm examining what the Lord did as I'm receiving communion, what am I reminding myself of and examining myself? Because of what the Lord did. Yes. Come on. I've been made righteous. I've received the gift of righteousness, which gives me what? The right to all that that Passover lamb purchased for me. I have a right because of that body broken. I have a right because of the bloodshed. I don't earn it. I have a right to it because of what he did. If you don't examine yourself in the light of what Jesus did, you're not examining yourself properly when it comes to communion. You're not seeing yourself as a child of God who has a right to these already. You're trying to figure out a way to do what you got to do to deal with your sins in your life to get it. But Jesus already provided it. You're not the Passover sacrificial lamb. All of your good works are not going to equate to the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb's already given his life so that what? what? Why did he give his life? So that death could pass you by. Including sickness and disease. This is what he's trying to get you to remember about communion. That when you take communion, you're reminding that Passover lamb. You're reminded of that Passover meal. You're reminded that he was that Passover lamb. And just like back in Egypt, if they did what he said and partook of all of that that lamb and put the blood on all parts of their door, guess what happened? Death passed them by. Jesus became that sacrifice. When you receive communion, you got to remind yourself, the Passover lamb. Come on. on. The Passover lamb Jesus gave his body for me. I believe all of what he himself has accomplished for me. He's the word. And the blood that's already been shed covers every part of my life. By faith, I acknowledge it in Jesus' name. So anything of death that's trying to take advantage of my life has to pass me by. It doesn't have a right to get in my home. If you don't take communion this way, you're not receiving it in a worthy manner. Has no power. You're just eating a little piece of bread, drink a little bit of juice. And the problem is when he says you're guilty of the body and the blood, you're not getting the benefit of what he did to free you from being guilty. He freed you from being guilty. You're not guilty anymore. You're the righteousness of God. If you're not the righteousness of God, then you would be guilty. If you are the righteousness of God, you're no longer guilty in the eyes of God. If you think you're still guilty of sin, how are you going to go to heaven? Come on. I'm telling you, you got to understand. I'm not talking about the fact as a believer, if you sin, you don't turn from it. Well, sure you should. You shouldn't keep doing it because it's not going to obviously produce benefits in your life. If you still keep doing things that are sinful, well, guess what? Those results won't be good. Right? Would it be right to take a gun and shoot my foot? Well, if I kept doing it, wouldn't I keep causing pain for myself? Sure I would. Does that take away what the blood of Jesus did? No. I'm just being stupid enough to keep shooting my foot and causing pain. But the blood has been shed to cause the work of death to pass me by. Whose work is that? Satan's work. Not mine, not some ignorant, stupid thing I've done. See, if I still make a dumb choice and say, well, you know what? I'm going to have some rapture practice tonight. I'm going to crawl up on the roof after church. I'm going to jump off the roof and I'm going to see if somehow maybe I can float through the air. Well, guess what? I'm going to wind up with pain and maybe even in the hospital. (coughs) Why didn't death pass me by? That wasn't a work of death. That was a work of stupidity on my part to do something done that I should have done better than to do. Right? right? But the work of death, sickness, disease, all pain and suffering as it relates to stuff in our body can now do what? Pass me by. Why? Because the Passover lamb has to pass me by. Yes. If I'll appropriate what I have been given, has right standing with God. So when I examine myself, what am I examining myself in light of? My new covenant. If I'm examining myself according to that new covenant, Romans 5, what am I examining myself in light of? The gift of righteousness. Seek first the kingdom. Come on, all these things I've been saying tonight and his righteousness, right? now, I'm acknowledging he's Lord over every part of my life because he shed his blood to do so. Because he purchased me with his blood. And therefore, I also am acknowledging my right standing with God. Yeah. And because I have righteousness, what do I have? Right. I have a right. I have a right for, for death to pass me by. Amen. I have a right to zoe life. Amen. Not because of what I've done. No. Every person, if you doubt this, every person got, I've told you this many times, but it just goes over people's heads. They hear it. But every person or Jesus' ministry was not right with God. And yet, look how many got healed. Why? They just believe what he said. What if you started believing the Passover lamb has already taken care of the death? The three of you caught that. What if you start believing that the Passover, the ultimate Passover lamb has now been sacrificed so that death can pass you by? This is why he had that Passover meal with his disciples, because he's trying to show them I'm about to become the Passover lamb. And you receive this Passover meal in remembrance that death passed the Egyptian, excuse me, death passed the children of Israel by coming out of Egypt. And that was all because of what God told them to do with the blood of the Lamb. I'm now that blood. And therefore, if you'll receive me and acknowledge what I've done, just like they acknowledge what God told them to do. Acknowledge the blood is not just over your spirit. You're not just born again. The blood of God has also done what? Given me the ability to renew my mind. I don't have to have a stressed out, worried, troubled mind. No, I have that blood over the soul of my life as well. And I don't have to put up with stuff in my body that is comprised of the work of death. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has been shed for death. Some of you are going to get it. I'll just stay for a couple hours till we get it figured out. But the blood of Jesus has been shed so that death, including your body. Because death, it relates also to sickness and disease. So this is what he's saying about communion. He's just simply saying it's an example for us to be reminded of what we now have in Christ Jesus. So 28, examining yourself, if you've ever been told that it has to do with sin, there's no reference here to examine. If you were examining yourself in light of sin, guess what would be included in this verse? Well, you're to examine yourself in light of sin and then repent of it. That would be included. If you're to examine yourself in light of sin, guess what he would include in there? Well, you don't want to just acknowledge whether I've done sin or not. What do I then need to do? Repent of it. But that's not what this is referring to. Who are we remembering in communion? We ain't remembering you. Tell your neighbor, stop thinking about you in communion. Why? Well, it ain't about you. You're, you it, it, it's for you, but what are you remembering? What Jesus did for me. What Jesus did for me. Death to pass you by. That's the whole purpose of the Passover lamb. Some of you are getting it. 29. You're still with me? Yeah. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks what? Judgment to himself. He's not free from the judgment that God freed you from. You're allowing through deception. You're allowing through deception yourself to not be judged by God, but to allow a form of judgment to come, to come upon you. Not the judgment of God, but the enemy to take advantage of your life for what God already judged you for. God already judged your sins. Yeah. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning what? Underline that. See, the problem is you're not discerning the Lord's body. So if it's me examining myself in relationship to sin, does my spirit man sin? No. What sins? My flesh does. Soul and body. So wouldn't this be saying to me and you, if I'm to examine myself in light of sin, I would be discerning not the Lord's body, I would have to be discerning mine. But that's not what I'm supposed to be focused on. No. If I receive it in an unworthy manner, what am I not doing? I'm not discerning the Lord's body. What he did for me, giving his body, shedding his blood, so that, praise God. God. Somebody's getting it. Hallelujah. So everybody who gets it right gets to come to the front row until the end of the night. When we get everybody on the front row, pastor will be done preaching. This is important, guys. You have to understand what's in death, sickness and disease. But if you understand the power of this and learn how to apply it to your life, Jesus already did what's necessary for He already did it. He was the Passover lamb. He's telling you, you got to remember him. You got to discern what he did. You got to have discernment. You got to have understanding of what he did to appropriate it. And if you have discernment and understanding of how to appropriate it, guess what will happen? That will pass you by. Now, you might think that's funny. There you go. Come on. There we go. you might think that's funny, but this is critical. Why do so many Christians not get the benefit even receiving communion of what the Passover lamb did? Because they're not acknowledging. Jesus already did what was necessary for. He already did it. What's my right? You've got to discern. You've got to discern the Lord's body. You've got to understand and discern and acknowledge what the Lord's body did for you. That includes his blood. Could I get a better amen? Amen. So verse 29, if you're eating and drinking in an unworthy manner, what are you not doing? You're not acknowledging Jesus. You're not acknowledging what the Passover lamb did. And if you're not, you're eating therefore judgment to yourself. Meaning what? What God freed you from and already judged you from. Guess what? Unfortunately, now is going to affect your life because you're not acknowledging. I've already been judged in that area. God's already judged me in the area of sin. And therefore, because he's already judged me in the area of sin, what came as a result of sin? Death did. And because he's already judged me in the area of sin, I've already had the issue of death dealt with. And if I now discern that and acknowledge what Jesus did, what will happen? Isn't that awesome? See, most people never get this out of communion. They never do. And that's the heart of the communion is acknowledging the Passover lamb has already done what was necessary for... Aren't you glad? Yes. So watch this. Again, he says in verse 29, if you don't eat it, if, if you eat it in an unworthy manner, you're going to unfortunately drink judgment to yourself. Yes. Not again, not discerning you, because you're not what? Discerning the Lord's body. So if I'm eating it or receiving it in an unworthy manner, what am I doing? I'm not discerning the Lord's body. Acknowledging what he did for Verse 30, for this reason, notice this, for this reason, many are weak oh and sick. Not discerning the Lord's body. And sick. Yep. Many are weak and sick among you, and many do what? Now, the phrase sleep means they've died physically. Yeah. Think about that. Many Christians, sadly, they're weak in body, they're sick in body, and some even die early. Yeah. You want to know why? They don't understand how to appropriate the context of the ultimate Passover lamb in their life and acknowledge that death has to pass me by and because they don't understand it and they don't walk in the light of it and they don't therefore discern the Lord's body sadly what happens death doesn't pass them by it latches onto their body it attaches to their life it attaches to their finances you listening verse 31 for if we would judge ourselves we would not be what So again, what are we doing in judging ourselves? We're acknowledging who we already are in Christ Jesus. If we do so, guess what? Satan cannot now bring judgment upon us. You didn't hear me. Satan cannot now bring judgment upon us. Why? God's already judged me. 32, when we are judged, we are chastened by what? the Lord, that we may not be what? Condemned Condemned with the world. Meaning that when we acknowledge Jesus already dealt with and took care of judging my sin, I therefore have already faced and dealt with the discipline necessary that comes from the Lord. And therefore, because I have, praise God, I am no longer being punished by God. It's already been dealt with. And if I will understand how to appropriate the significance of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus in my covenant rights as a child of God and acknowledge how to appropriate that in my life daily, guess what can happen relating to your body? Death will pass you by. It'll pass you by. Now, I've learned from Brother Hagen a lot of truths about this of how to appropriate it. The key that we got to figure out, first and foremost, is how does that relate to us on an individual level? There are multiple ways upon which you can appropriate healing. And reality, again, is that you don't continue to do the same thing that you did when you were a baby Christian because God expects you to grow up. So the first thing we got to get a hold of is we got to get a hold of an understanding and a revelation that the Passover lamb, have we figured this out yet tonight? The Passover lamb has come. There is no more Passover lambs to come. No. What did it represent back there in, in the context of the children of, of, uh, of uh, Israel back in Egypt? That death cannot affect your home, cannot come in your home, cannot attach itself to you, cannot attack you, cannot overtake you. All you got to do is acknowledge what the Word of God says. Eat the whole lamb. Every era of your life that you do not acknowledge what the Bible says that you have a right to as a covenant child of God, you're not eating that part of the lamb. When you acknowledge all of what the word of God says I have in this covenant with God, the whole word of God's context promises in the new covenant, I have eaten all of the lamb and I have to learn by faith now. By faith. To appropriate that blood. Because I'm not physically supposed to put blood over me. Like they physically had to put the actual blood of a lamb over their door. I must now by faith learn how to appropriate this blood over my life, including my body. So that death has to pass me by. It has no choice. It has no choice. The problem with this, I'll pick this up on Wednesday night. The problem with this is a lot of people are still judging themselves harshly when God's already judged you. They don't understand the power of, un- of acknowledging the Passover lamb in their life and what he did to cause this liberty to come to you. And because of that, Satan has continued. I mean, think, how's Satan going to take advantage of my life, child of God? How's he going to do that? In relationship to what Jesus already did for me, ignorant of my promises, right. or or deceived by Satan, right. to think that somehow this hasn't already accomplished, already hasn't has not already fully accomplished what needs to be done. I want to show you these verses because we're going to get to them. We'll come back to First Corinthians 11. You know them. I'm going to read them to you. Isaiah 53. Yeah, right. yeah. So when you think about that, you go to Isaiah 53. It's the most precise concise set of verses we have referring to the Passover lamb and what he accomplished. I'm just going to read it to you real quick, touch on it briefly, and then we're done. Isaiah for tonight, 53, Isaiah 53. I mean, we'll read more of it on Wednesday night. I'll pick it up in verse 4. Surely, absolute, guarantee, he has borne What did he bear? Our griefs. What's the word for griefs here in the Hebrew? Sicknesses. I oh, don't why they translated griefs. Every single context of every Hebrew, every Hebrew uh, uh, scholar will tell you the word griefs there is sicknesses. And he carried our what? Sorrows. Which refers to pains in the body. Sicknesses and pains. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. When? When he was on the cross. When he was going through the punishment of the, of the whipping posts and on the cross. But he was wounded for what? our transgressions and bruised for what? So that's the first thing he did. That's the first thing he addressed. What's the word transgressions referred to? Our sins. What's the word uh, inequity referred to? The punishment our sin deserved. Guess what Jesus did? Jesus was wounded for my sin and the punishment that my sin deserved. Next thing, the chastisement for our peace was what? So what I needed to get peace with God, no longer enmity between me and God, no longer hatred between me and God, totally erased, totally removed because I've been made righteous, was dealt with by Jesus. That chastisement, discipline needful is the phrase there. For me to have peace with God was what? Upon him. And by his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. We're not going to be. We already are. Why? Because the Passover lamb has come. This written thousands of years before he would come. But he has come and fulfilled what was needed for. One more time. So what do we got to do? Acknowledge all of what the word says we have a right to in our covenant. Every promise that he's given us and learn how do we put faith now? Because we're not going to physically, don't go physically at home and put, you know, blood over your door of your home and think that's going to work. No, we don't do that. We got to learn how now to appropriate by faith the blood of Jesus that's already been shed for us to put it over our spirit, over our soul, over our body. And I'm going to relate it one last time to you. I'm going to get back on this on Wednesday night. What's the significance of acknowledging the blood that was shed? You ready? He purchased me. What's the key to appropriating the blood of Jesus? Knowing that I don't belong to me anymore. My spirit's his. My soul is his. My body's his. Why? He bought me with a price. If I'll acknowledge that by faith, guess what Satan can't do? Take advantage. Cannot trespass. He cannot come upon the property that God purchased. He can try. But if I understand the power of the Passover and the blood, Guess what I'm going to do? He might come on my property, but you know what I'm going to do? Kick him off. Yeah. That's right. So you're a trespasser. That's right. That's right. See, some of you think Satan has a right to your life. No. No. You may say no, but a lot of times Christians actually acknowledge it through words they speak. That's right. Through things they talk about themselves. Well, I don't deserve to be healed. None of us do, honey. They ain't a single one of us deserves to be healed. They ain't a deser- one of us deserves to be born again. They ain't a one of us deserves to be forgiven. That's right. But we didn't get it because we deserved it. We got it because he chose to give it to us. The free gift of righteousness. Amen. Stand to your feet.